Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig. This is episode 58 of A Pod of Their Own, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Serovich. Hi, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison, and hello, Linda. Hello. Um, so this week, um, the Mets rotation is even more in shambles than it was last week, if you can imagine, um, since the last time we recorded um david peterson was placed on the injured list originally the mets kind of thought that he was going to be okay because he he and degrom both threw a bullpen session this week and both of them came out of it kind of feeling fine except david peterson they said on the broadcast that david peterson woke up and felt like his shoulder just felt kind of weird he said and so um that he doesn't have like a specific injury they just kind of felt it was you know out of a, an abundance of caution to skip his start so Corey oswald is currently pitching for the mets right now as we record at uh, 8 30 p.m on uh today what t- tuesday evening um i was like what day is it every day is the same um so yeah that's what's happening right well, now uh curios back they in the ba- they backdated peterson's il stint so he should be he's in line for sunday yeah so we'll see crossing our fingers we'll and Degrom is supposed to pitch uh tomorrow right tomorrow Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's good, at least. I mean, I don't believe anything they say anymore because just yesterday they're like, Peterson is fine. Yep. yep and now Peterson is not fine. And also, if you knew it was a possibility, why were you just throwing Colome out there for no reason? Yeah. Like, <sighs> truth. They just, yeah, they made Colome eat a bunch of innings yesterday in a game that was rather was it already pretty lopsided in their favor yeah. at that point yeah so they yeah. kind of yeah. wasted him um when they could have started him but Corio's what's doing okay so far so we'll see um you know I really it's it's like a fine line to walk because obviously I want him to do well because he's on the Mets right now and I obviously want everybody to do well and I want the Mets to win this game as I want them to win every game but at the same time like I am nervous that the second he pitches like a little too well, the bets are going to be like, "All right, you're you're in the rotation permanently now. We're going to kick Stephen Betts out of the rotation," which wouldn't necessarily oh, no be undeserved, but <laughs> I'm nervous. I about mean, that. I guess you'll have to put Matts in now. Like you, you're literally out of starters at this point. Yeah, the like, rotation they have is no dead. Long live the rotation. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I'm just nervous that if Peterson comes back on schedule, like on Sunday, and he only misses one start, they're going to be like, announcement, we're keeping Corios while in the rotation. Steven Matz, go figure your shit out in the bullpen, which they very well might do. And like I said, it wouldn't necessarily be like undeserved. It's just like you're not getting much of an upgrade. <laughs> I feel like there's something. And this is entirely speculation on my part. This is based on no type of evidence whatsoever. I think there's like some, there's some sort of underlying injury that I don't think the Mets realize, or maybe even Mets realizes. I don't know. Cause this is just, he's just not, he's bad right now. He's just bad. He's injured is always a possibility. And like, usually, you know, Occam's razor, the simplest explanation is always the best, which is, you know, 
it's probably more likely that Steven Matz is injured, even if, like you said, Kellyanne, he doesn't know it, then he suddenly, like, completely forgot how to pitch. Which, but it's not entirely unprecedented for Matz, because obviously he has, like, stretches like this. He's had stretches like yes. this in the past, where he's had, like, really horrible starts, and then, and then he figures it out for a while, and then he has a bad stretch. He's just never been a consistent pitcher during his time in the big leagues or lived up to his potential, but I feel like... So far, this has been the longest stretch that we've seen him just be really bad, really bad. And, like, can't get anyone granted, else bad. Yeah, but granted, it's coming in a like a really wacky season. Exactly. Just because we there was like abbreviated spring spring and training and summer camp, and the season started in the middle of summer versus spring end of March it was supposed to start so I like every everybody's gonna be wonky I just like have to keep telling myself that <laughs> this is just well, gonna and, be a really weird season from all aspects and also Matt was last year he was like complete Jekyll and Hyde uh, at home and on the road Yep. So I don't know if that still is something to do. Plus, he's always been trash in Philly. So it was like a perfect storm last last week. Like Philly yeah. on the road, wacky season. So it was, it was, I was not surprised. It was not a recipe for him to succeed. No. And like, no, for a pitcher who, you know, is as inconsistent as he is. And, you know, as, how do I put this? Um, like, susceptible to you know being rattled i guess is the best way you could put volatile. it volatile like, yeah volatile like he lets like big innings get away from him because he can never like shut the door and he can never like move he lets he lets like big innings get to him and they kind of like carry to the next inning and the next start so for someone like that i feel like the change the change in routine and the inability to ramp up properly is especially like, you know, it impacts them especially hard, like disproportionately to other pitchers. Um, well, a pitcher like Matt that of, has, like, uh, you know, pro- struggles mentally at times. Yeah, it's weird that him and DeGrom are best friends because they're, like, polar opposites yeah, of each other. Yeah, they're very different pitchers. Like, Jake's, like, so cool on the mound. Like, okay, that happened. So let's refocus. Whereas Matt's is just, like, storming around the mound, fuming at, like, every little thing. And he lets his anger get the best of him. DeGrom channels that anger. Like you can see DeGrom get angry, but he, I, and that's like some intangible, intangible, untangible. I can't think tonight or pronounce words. So whichever word it is, it's this skill he has where he can channel that, that anger into something productive. Yeah. 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 And like, um, and and not let it get to, not let it completely, get in his head and and stay in his head where it 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 runs around and affects later at bats yeah 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 and steven matz has always been this kind of pitcher that and it's frustrating because gary cohen said it during the broadcast when steven matz was pitching was like he saw him like really like at first look like he was figuring it out and like he actually had a really good start in the first like few innings and then things just blew up on him again um, yeah. and he was like changing up his pitch usage. Like it was clear that he was like really trying to work on it and trying to figure it out. You could see it in the game. 
um, him trying to like, you know, switch up what pitches he was using and, and keep hitters off balance and like the type of stuff, like just trusting his stuff and like the type of thing that you like to see. And then it just kind of all fell apart in the end. It's really frustrating to watch. Cause I like, I like Steven Nats and I really want him to, to succeed. And I just feel like we've been at this place for him for years now where it's like, when is he finally going to, you know, take it to the next level the way, like we're, we're obviously not expecting him to be as good as Jacob deGrom, but I feel like all of the Mets, like, um, like fab five, I guess you want to call them um, from back in the day. Like all of them at some point took it up to the next level and made themselves like a, like got to that elite level. Um, How long they lasted there varied. Obviously DeGrom has lasted there for like his whole career up until now. Um, Syndergaard had like those two really good seasons where he was elite. Um, Zach Wheeler had that latter half of, you know, 2018. And then, um, and now he's doing really well on the Phillies, LOL Mets. Um, mm. Yeah, like that that was a big <laughs> reminder too, is that like Zach Wheeler yeah. kicked the Mets ass and that was a big reminder of what they could have had instead of what they have right now, which is a rotation that is literally held together by duct tape. Um, so like Zach Wheeler took that next step and really elevated his game. Um, Jacob deGrom did so, Noah Syndergaard did so, Matt Harvey did so for the fleeting time that he did. And like Steven Matz, I feel like never really took that next step that those other guys took. Um, and it's, it's frustrating. I mean, it's not, I ran a Twitter. Yeah. I ran a Twitter poll of who was the dis- most disappointing Matt so far this year. I voted Matt's in that and- poll. Yeah, and Matt's Matt's ended up winning. So yeah, yeah. I guess because uh, like Ramos has been awful, like yeah, dreadful, just just dreadful. Like not even like looking like a major leaguer. Um, and people still voted Matt's over him. So I think maybe the expectation of yeah, like there's yeah the expectations with Matt's I think carried more into that. Exactly. Well, like, it's an expectation is minus not... reality thing. Yes, yeah. I mean, and Matt's is still younger, and I mean, people pretty much know Ramos has is slow and has knee issues. I, I don't understand how he's still a catcher with knee issues. Like, ugh, I guess they're not <laughs> as bad as advertised because, yeah, knee issues are just, ugh, I don't like thinking about them. But I think it's maybe an everyday versus an every five day thing too. And Ramos, we've seen flashes of productivity from him in good spots so far this season. Whereas we don't, we haven't really seen anything good out of Matt's thus far this his season. His first start was okay. Yeah, he got the loss, but it wasn't his fault really. Yeah. The Mets yeah. had no offense that day, but that was really it. But again, that was at home. Yep. Yep. And like, yeah, it, it's it's definitely an expectations minus reality thing. Like, obviously, Wilson Ramos has been massively disappointing, but he's a year older and he was always and he's was always going to decline regress. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we ne- didn't necessarily expect him to regress this much. And hopefully that hopefully he, you know, bounces back a little bit, one would hope. But like Matt's like, you know, we expect a lot of him. Like, I, I'm rooting so hard for him, and I want him to succeed desperately. And it's just, it's so frustrating to see those flashes out of him and him to have come up around. And I think that, like, the pitchers that he's been surrounded by throughout his career, like I mentioned, are part of this expectation game, too. Like, because he's been in the same rotation with DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Harvey at different points in his career, like you always like think of him as part of that group that achieved so much 
and you want him to be you know part of that conversation when people look back on this era of Mets baseball when all those different pitchers were in the rotation you want them to talk about Steven Matz as like an equal part of that but right now he's been kind of overall the most disappointing obviously Harvey's career trajectory has been the most like you know upsetting I guess or like you know he declined (laughs) but that wasn't his fault that was injury and Matz has had his fair share of injuries too which contributes to this even if he's not injured right now or has no like underlying issues right now like the fact that he's dealt with so many injuries like that does contribute to not being able to develop the way that a lot of these other guys have been able to develop is that he's had issue after issue and that's really held him back I think in a lot of ways yeah so and also, like, like, didn't was it his slider that it hurt his elbow to yeah, throw with the slider? slider? Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if there's a fear factor in there that he might get hurt, or if that's in the back of his head, like it hurts me because he almost needed a second Tommy John. So I don't know if there is a mental issue there too, where that's just always maybe he's just scared of getting hurt again. I don't know. Cause he hasn't really been healthy his entire career. So that has to, you know, weigh on you too. I would, I would think. Right. And I think it was yes. um, Tim Britton of the athletic wrote a piece recently about Steven Matz and how the Mets need him more than ever now. And it's true. And it obviously becomes increasingly uh-huh. true by the day, um, given the Mets pitching yeah. situation with, uh, it was already true from day one of this season with Noah Syndergaard going down with Tommy John, the Mets knew they needed Steven Matz to really step up and be like that number two or number three guy. Um, and he hasn't even been that. So um, yeah, that like that is a big reason why he's by far, I think the biggest letdown so far this season, but I don't want this podcast to be all doom and gloom regarding the Mets, even though they've had some frustrating losses, but it hasn't been all bad. Um, There've been alongside, you know, the disappointments, mainly the rotation being like really a problem, um, which we, who could have possibly foreseen when the Mets didn't hmm. re-sign Zach Wheeler that the rotation was going to be an <laughs> And issue. when Brody said, we have the deepest rotation in baseball. Yeah, that was, that was like, that. yeah, we, it was like, you have like no pitching depth at all. What are you talking about? That was the kiss of death. That's the come get us part it was. two. Um, <laughs> yep. Brody, so, just stop talking. Yeah, Brody <laughs> needs to never talk. Um, so, but alongside that, there have been huge bright spots this season. And I do want to highlight those. Um, I think that the big two so far have been Robinson Cano being an absolute beast. Um, obviously, he was hurt for a little bit, but he's back now and looks like, you know, he picked up right where he left off and he's been the Mets, like, best hitter, basically, more or less. Oh. Um so when Robbie making. gets a hold of one, it's so beautiful Whoa, to watch. that home run he hit yesterday? Oh. Holy shit, man. That thing <laughs> was a dong. A big boy dong. That was wild. They said it was his furthest home run Rod's since... reaction. They said it was his furthest home run since 2017, right? By Satcast. Yes, yes. Which yes. is yes. So that's a big bright spot. Um, I would say Andres Jimenez is the other major bright spot of this season. Those are my two and picks. Dom. There are others. And Dom. Dom's a big one. Yeah. Dominic Smith. Dom and Alonzo's getting back into the groove of things now. He's picking it up, which is good. Yeah, Pete is looking a lot more like himself, which is great. Um, Obviously, Conforto's been great. Um, Conforto, like, extend Michael Conforto. He is the most obvious extension candidate on the team. Commercial! (laughs) 
Um, no, 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 it's okay. Linda and I are, are also like watching this game and I am behind her right now in in transmission. Yeah, um, so now we have two competing uh, reactions. Reactions. <laughs> yes. Um, but just going back to Alonzo and Smith for a second, I really like them back-to-back in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. It's really, really nice to watch. Yeah. And Pete's really, like, just one hot stretch away from having normal-looking numbers. Like, yeah. he's... Like, when you look at his numbers you're like oh they're actually not so bad and yeah, his so slash i think it's just... back up to like 243 60 430 or something like that Let me... yeah and i think he's second on the team in home runs so i think it just looked Dom, a lot no. worse than it did yes i think him and cano are tied for number two and then dom i think is number one if i'm remembering correctly and then under that it's like jd and scoot right yes um, all right, so Pete Alonzo slash line currently. 241, 359, 448. That's like, I mean, like, it's not it's not the same as last season, but that on-base percentage is virtually the same as his 2019 on-base percentage. Um, and he really, like Linda said, he's really like a hot streak away from reaching his average in slugging from last season. Like, I mean, slugging, yeah, know, he needs some work, but like, that's really not that bad for a slugging first baseman by any stretch of the imagination. He is a 128 WRC plus. Like, yes. Come on. That's great. <laughs> That's like last year also, was 143, which is elite. But like, come on, guys. Like 128 <laughs> is, is 28 points above average. So like that's that's real good. That's yeah, like a like very been... solid above average major league everyday player. So come on. Yeah. So also, I go, it's... Go Sorry. He's been swinging at everything and he was yes. swinging out of pitches at the zone so it just looked bad <laughs> like the optics yeah. were bad but he's been getting his hits and going back to the to the home runs before uh dominic smith has six alonzo has five cano has four and then D- uh jd nimmo and conforto all have three good and then Is that including today it's not uh, yeah, it's probably, probably not. not. Usually the stats don't update until like the early the next morning. Yes, and I am on B ref, so baseball reference, so Yeah, so JD probably is four now. Yeah. And I could probably name all four, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> and he should have five because Rojas didn't challenge in Boston, but oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um but you yeah. We've had extra dollars for diggers, Rojas. I know, really? damn. Come on, but we're now. doing really well in dollars for diggers. I'll yeah. get back to this later. Uh, but we're over a thousand dollars now in pledges, which is like really awesome. Woo! So really happy about that, you guys. You guys are great. Um, we also, I won't, I won't. Um, I'll keep the specifics of the prize a secret because um, I want people to be surprised. But um, we did get a new, another prize added to our. Um, our treasure chest of prizes that we have for dollars for dingers to give away at the end. So um, most of our prizes, I think this year will be like Mets memorabilia related is all I'll say. Um, 
but we got an, a <laughs> donation from a very um, lovely uh, and generous Amazing Avenue commenter, which is great. So we have another Yay! prize for you guys for dollars for dingers Yay! for our drawing, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, there have been yeah like huge bright spots this season, mostly to do with the lineup um, and guys stepping in when guys were hurt. You know, um, Andres Jimenez, like I said, has been so good and like. They like they it's it's like kind of like a smaller version of Pete Alonzo last year where the Mets surprisingly like kept him on the roster to start the season when it was not really expected that he would be on the roster to start the season. And he's been great. And they've stuck with him and he's not going back down ever again, I don't think. Um, So, (laughs) no. I um, hope not. That's been great to see. And and even Luis Guillorme in, it, like, one yeah. that's infield was banged up has been great. Uh, um, if Luis Guillorme can just do what he's been doing, that is an extremely useful bench player to have around. Um, like, he's been, he's been really great. So that's been awesome to see. And Luis Guillorme, believe it or not, like, it's, it's funny, like, how long he's been, like, up and down and just, like, around um the Mets that you forget that he's still really young like he's not old by any stretch of the imagination Luis Guillorme is still really young so there's like room for him to develop and we've seen it this year and can I say how pretty it is to watch him and Jimenez turn a double play yes yes right oh it's so smooth time we had defense what was it like 1999 (laughs) Feels like never, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, my honestly, it's been. But that I will long. not take Ray Ardonia slander or Fonzie slander. That's true. Like Luis Guillorme is still only twenty-five years old. Yes. So like Ow. he's basically and entering his prime now. Like I know that we are used to him being like around and being the backup infielder a lot because he was drafted at such a young age, as many of these international players are. But. That's like how people used to forget how young Ahmed Rosario is. Like he's been around for so many years and we forget that he's like, you know, in his, in his like, he's, how old's Ahmed Rosario? He's always Rosario is, hang on, hang on, 24. Yeah, Yeah, 24. He's only 24 24 years old and Luis Guillermo is only 25. Like these guys are young. And so it's, it's awesome that Luis Guillermo seems to like finally be coming into his own and Andres Jimenez is hit the ground running. So it made the, it made when, uh, when what seemed like catastrophic, like half of our, like three quarters of our infield going down at once <laughs> seemed like a catastrophic thing, but it ended up to be not so awful in the end because they were able to fill in really competently. And now that we have our guys back, although McNeil should really be on the injured list, um, the Mets have forced McNeil to come back, as is their M.O., um, and play and through play. this injury. Why um, couldn't he just D.H.? Like, yeah, I don't understand. You have the D.H. Today. now. Uh, Use it. <sighs> I mean, they are using it, but not, <laughs> not they, for McNeil. Not, not, yeah, not for <laughs> not McNeil. Properly. I'm wondering how much of it, like, it is him being stubborn, too. Because I can totally see him. I could totally see him being that intense and saying, I'm going to go out there and play and I'm going to play second base. And, and, Oh, it's just, and also kind of taking to heart the bad Mets philosophy of playing through injury and rubbing, just rubbing some dirt on it. And it's just not good. My theory was he was never healthy this season. And then now you had the perfect opportunity to IL him and everything that was maybe not quite right. And they didn't. Nope. 
as and usual. Also, like, they're not losing lost. anything. Like, okay, you're losing defense, but you can put Dom out there and you get to keep Dom's bat. And yeah. then have, and then you have put your May a second and then Raquel DH and it's fine. That's the whole thing. This is a wonky season anyway. I like ugh, everything is just so abnormal between the DH in the National League and no fans in the stands and the season starting late. It's just it's a shortened season. It's just ugh. I, I like I, it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't IL him. Well, Tim Britton made the point. He said if this was a regular season, would he be on the IL? Probably. But if you have to ask yes. that question, then he should still be on the IL because exactly. clearly he's exactly. not healthy. You don't have a lack of options here. It's not like the Mets have no choice. It's not the same thing. It's not the same dire situation as they have in the rotation where like yes. if someone can't pitch, they literally don't have anybody else. They have it's they have plenty of people. Yeah. So I don't understand. And they have Billy Hamill to who can play the outfield. So you put him in for defense at the end of the game and it's fine. You can survive. Yeah. But the Mets, Mets are going to Mets. Um, their usual shit. And McNeil's not on the IL right now, even though he should be. But um, other than that, the lineup is pretty good. Can we say that JD has been good at third? He's been good at third. He's yes. been very good at third. Okay. <laughs> he's been good and I, again i think i said i think i said this last week and i because last last year when he first started at third base he just looked bad yeah it he it was just rough and i was like oh my god just take him off of third base don't put him there he's not comfortable there but he has grown into it nicely and i think he oh, they said he I've, really worked with Sarcina like in the off season or during the break or like he put in the effort and good for him Yes, and it's paying dividends. Uh huh. Yep, it shows. It's really he's been he's been great, um, and great with the bat, and that was you know arguably Brody Van Wagenen's best um move as GM. Yes, was acquiring Jamie I Davis. Will, I, I might have a soft spot in my heart for Brody forever and ever. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, every time you want to hate on Brody, just remember it's because of him that we have your Jamie man's. Davis. Yeah, exactly. And, and he did Justin sign- Wilson. I'll give him Justin Wilson. Yeah, Justin so. Wilson was a good signing. And yeah. he did sign Jacob Degrom to a longish term contract. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I think Hughes has been good. Shreve has been fine. So Jason Shreve has- being good out of nowhere is very fun. It is. Like, where did this come from? He looks legit dominant yesterday. Know, yes, it was, was crazy. It was, it was fun. It was fun to watch him yesterday just because it, it, it was uh, the bullpen has been throughout the starting rotation shambles. They've been solid. Great, but they've been yeah. they've been OK. Solid. They've been, this is they've the been handling it. Like, of course, last year, the bullpen was a legit trash fire, and that's why they didn't make the playoffs. And then this year, that's the only thing that's good. Yep. And now nobody else can get one, get it together. It's like, can't we, can't we just get all our ducks in a row just once? Just one please? time. Just one time. Just try yep. it. Nope. Apparently like, not. Like, I get it's a wacky season, so maybe not this year, but maybe next year. Can you try it? Uh, next year's rotation. Well, I, I don't want to know what it's going to be. So. Oh, you're right. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, I was going to um, say, depending on 
on new owners. We'll see. Yeah, speaking of which, um, there segue. Is, there is <laughs> the last well, Mets, done, Mets bit of news is that there is like a, an update, like use the term loosely on update, but um, there is an update on the Mets ownership situation. Bob Nightingale, um, which t- take it with a grain of salt because it's Bob Nightingale. Um, reported that the A-Rod group is now, quote, the favorite to buy the Mets, which is a turn from... Because before, like, it pretty much, I think most people said, considered Steve Cohen to be the favorite. Um, I don't think it means that Steve Cohen's, like, out of the running by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, there was even reporting... Wasn't there reporting kind of in response to that that Steve uh, yeah, Cohen's I was like, gonna, yeah. I'm not giving yeah, up? Yeah, there was a lot of... Ca- and then there was a lot of counterpoint... Point, uh, counter... Oh, my God. Yes, pointing, saying that no Cohen is still looked at as the favorite yeah Tim Healy was reporting that he said there I don't see how Cohen doesn't come out with us yeah and like but there there were also reports that like and this might be like you know a big a big the biggest obstacle standing in Steve Cohen's way because we all know it's not the money is like that that Jeff Wilpon just doesn't like him which shock shock that these two rich assholes don't get along surprise um, oh, I can't remember who tweeted it, but they're like, oh, funny how all these slander pieces about Cohen are all of a sudden coming out. Hmm. Whose yeah. M.O. is that? Yeah. <laughs> could, could, could Stan to be a little less transparently an asshole uh-huh. about this? Um, but of course, they can't I help themselves. I can't remember who tweeted it, oh, but yeah, it was so good. But like, it almost seems like at this point that Cohen and the A-Rod group are like the only two groups that really get talked about. So it seems like it's kind of between those two. And I think August but, 31st is the deadline, it's right? It's the yes. deadline to put in yeah. bids, yeah. I think that third that third group, that's uh, the, Har- who is it? Harrison, the one that, that owns the, the I don't devils even know what, and the Sixers, the devils and right? the, the Sixers. Yeah, say the Seventy Sixers. I was like, I know Sixers is in the name. Seventy well, um, Sixers is right. It's their full name. Oh, yeah. They're the yeah, Seventy Sixers, and people shorten it to the Sixers. You guys tell I don't watch any other sports besides baseball. I don't. I'm gonna get you do into I. hockey, Kellyanne. I'm gonna do it. Okay. I mean, I think it was as long good- as you renounce Sidney Crosby, <laughs> he's the only player I know. No. The only current player I know. I know of the only other like player I know of in hockey history is Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> that's that. Well, he's been tired for a little while. <laughs> I knew he's been tired for a little while, but I'm saying that's why I say I'm saying Sidney Crosby is the only current active hockey player that I am aware of that I know. That's like when people are like, "Oh, you like the Mets? Like Mike Piazza, right?" <laughs> <laughs> like a sleeper kind of dark horse in this they're not getting talked about but they are the only ones with solid ownership I guess an ownership resume granted it's not in baseball but they still own two different franchises I don't know how well run they are just based on the understanding is not yeah, based yeah, on the comments yeah. I have read, not great, but they're also hands offish. I I've gotten I've gotten a lukewarm impression about them. Not not bad. 
so to we'll speak. We'll get our weird regional right. sports network if uh, yeah, or we get Philly sports if they win out. Interesting, Ew. but yeah, so. We'll see what happens. Uh, more on this story as it develops, but hopefully by the end of the month, Mets will have new owners. That would be pretty cool. And that, also, there is everybody freaking out about Jeffy still wanting five percent. It's five yeah, percent. No. It's nothing. Yeah, but that's still. Ugh, I don't want him. I want him away. I want him away completely. People it's want the stain. A, it's a off. vanity thing. He probably wants to say like, if they win, he gets a ring, and he he has no power. One hopes not. Yeah, one hopes not. I assume not. Steve well, Cohen, Cohen has would let him have right any. Now. Yeah. So. Uh, I just, know. I just, no, I don't want the Wilpons near this team in any form anymore. No, I made this point in Slack. At that point, though, he'll be a billionaire because he just sold the team. So he'll yep. have money. Ugh. <sighs> You know. No, don't don't even because then he could he could luck into a good investment and then buy it back. There's I don't always see that potential. No, I don't. And he's going to use all if, his if money to pay me. off his debts anyway. That's yeah, true. that's true. Although the, I think there was another article that came out that said like how awful their finances were. Yeah, oh. they're bad. Yeah, that's that's not yeah, surprising really in the slightest. Although, oh, it was Nick Francona. He said now Kellyanne. This might sway you. He said he would find it hilarious that if Jeff stayed on, that he would have to sit in board meetings and listen to how everybody have to like discuss how to unfuck up everything he <laughs> fucked up. Yep, that's true. <laughs> as, so as, he has to just sit there and like take it. <laughs> as as hilarious as that does sound, no, that's not worth it to me. <laughs> I want him gone. I want him thrown know, in the Hudson I River. I freaked out his ego a little bit. Like, no. oh wow, you you really uh, you you done messed up. Yeah, no, I I I think at this point, if he doesn't realize it, he's not going to realize it. He's that like kind of self focused and feels himself blameless or always in the right. And I don't know. Yeah, rich I just want people demonstrate a like truly shocking lack of self awareness in all yes. instances. So, but okay, you know. but the fact that he has to sell has to give him some clue. Nope. In theory, in theory, because it's not really him that's selling; it's yeah. his father. That's true. And part of the reason and they I, have and, to sell is because the minor, the cats is like literally cannot stand Jeff Wilpon. And part of the holdup in selling has been Jeff. Yep. So he wants to hang on to this team. Yeah, and he probably cost them like billions of dollars too. <sighs> yeah, because I mean, they could have sold before, before the COVID. pandemic. They did not nope. do that. Yep. Oops. Because he got greedy and wanted to keep SNY and they wanted the five year window and oops. And they stepped in their own shit as usual. Good as job, usual. Nets. Womp womp. <laughs> moving moving beyond the Mets to general baseball bullshittery, um, the big baseball story um, of this week um, happened like pretty much just yesterday, um, which is that Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, swung 3-0 on a pitch 
during a game in which the Padres were up by seven runs and hit a grand slam, and that pissed off all of the red-ass uh, unwritten rules people, and that this turned into, like, a big discourse um, on well, Twitter. Well, the Rangers, because then they threw at Machado. Yes, and that yes. is, like, that's that the big thing. That was number one. Yeah. That's the big I, thing. I... It's, not just, it's not just, you know them talking about how oh i didn't like that which in and of itself is stupid it's it's the fact that they like you know baseball players again they always do this like vigilante justice stuff and so like they felt that there was an unwritten rule they had to quote enforce and so they threw at manny machado for no reason other than you hurt our feelings (laughs) yeah you know and what? Pitch better. The fact that his Good old God. manager threw him under the bus too. What? Yeah, like that's the most shocking that was, part of all of this. That was ugh, that was your player. A bad, bad look. I mean, you. The, ugh, I don't even know where to start with this one because it's just it's so stupid. And honestly, what came to mind have been all of the lopsided games in recent Mets history where, <laughs> like. The, the first one, I won't lie, that came to mind was that 23, and I don't even know what the Mets scored in that game. That was the game that Noah Syndergaard got injured pitching, and the Nationals well, just poured it on and did not let up for one second. Okay, and nobody said like, anything about Oh, what's his name? Rendon had 10 RBIs? Yeah. I think he went like 6 for 6 with 10 RBIs that game. Oh, my God. God, and just even even more recently, the 14, I think it ended up to be 14 and 6 against the Braves, if I'm remembering correctly, um, this year. So, you know what? Swinging 3-0, and Keith and Ron and Gary were talking about it on the broadcast this evening, and, and Gary called out Keith. Um, which I really kind of liked because Keith was like, don't you don't swing 3-0. and um, of course, Keith is going to take the like old school the red old ass school. opinion. But yeah, of Gary, course, not no, but Gary, but Gary called him out on that because not that long ago he said you. Uh, Keith said that you play hard until the end of the game, and I'm really glad Gary called him out on that. Yeah, because it, it, it they're contradictory opinions, and you want to play as hard as you can until the end of the game. What Tatis did is fine. And what to, to me, you know what? Nicasio should not have loaded up the bases. Be a better pitcher. Rangers manager, get your pitcher out of the game and put someone someone else in who won't be throwing balls every I don't I don't know how many he threw in a row, but I think he walked all three batters if I remember the clip I watched correctly. So, it's ugh, what I have no issue with what Tatis did. He well, he was hitting for me, like seeing VR, like what he's been doing, swinging 3 0 and like totally changing the at bat and screwing up, like it's more egregious if you swing 3 0 and make it out than hitting a grand slam. Yes. Like, and then everybody was like, well, he ignored his coach, he missed a sign, blah, blah, blah. But these guys are competitive. Like, you yes. want them to be competitive. You want them to, to come through. Like, don't take that away from him. No lead also, is safe. With, Every Mets fan no. should know this. Exactly. Exactly. Every and Mets what fan also, should know this. And also what irritated me, and this is more my irrational side of baseball coming out, was that Eric Hosmer went and lectured him after this. Um, oh, and God. Said, oh, said, oh, my God. Stupid said, face. Oh, Hosmer, of course. It said, oh. it said, to, said to the Rangers, we'll talk to him. We'll talk to him. And then goes after his teammate, hits this grand slam, and talks to him about it. 
And he didn't do oh. anything wrong. He did. He, he tried at wrong. baseball and was successful at it. Literally the point of the game. Christ. Yes. So Ronnie during the game said, like, he compared it to other sports. He was like, if LeBron James is playing at Madison Square Garden, do you want him to just, like, stop trying? Like, that, that's or if, like, then he said, like, in hockey, like, if a ranger all of a sudden got out on a breakaway, do you want him to just, like, skate around the net instead of shooting? Like, they're competitive. They want to score. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't take that away from them. So then Ronnie was saying there's an entertainment value in it. Like, for the folks that were still there... They want to see the Grand Slam. Yeah. And also, like, Tatis is an excellent well, they, I mean, there was no folks in the, the stadium, obviously, but the people watch, the watch it on TV. Yeah. <sighs> also, yeah. Tatis is a fantastic player. And he's fun I to watch. Him to Let him be fun. Let him be good at baseball and enjoy it. Like, what is wrong with you people? Well, and I saw somebody retweet something about when Terry Francona, um, was managing Michael Jordan. I forget what happened. Like their team was up big, and I think Michael Jordan did something, and Francona had to take him aside and go, "Oh, we don't do that." And he goes, "Oh, but in basketball, we we keep playing." And like he was just totally flabbergasted that like in baseball you just stop trying after a while. Yeah, like, like it, to me, I that's more disrespectful. Yeah, this yes. this is why baseball isn't as popular as other sports because the entertain like and and somebody else said like it is to other athletes it is disrespectful that you're gonna stop trying after a while you're just not gonna care and like Gary said then why not just have a mercy rule at that point exactly exactly you're and actually competing. I think Conforto actually, they quoted Conforto on the broadcast not, not long ago, basically saying what you said, that it's more disrespectful if you're not playing like all out like that. Yeah, Ugh. because what I mean, you're saying people... is the message that you're sending, if you're going to, if your idea of respecting the game, quote, is to stop trying if you're up, to, if you're up by too many runs, what you're saying is like you're taking pity on your opponent and you're not treating them as a competitive equal opponent. And that's disrespectful to me. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe I have a different view of what respect is than these old white men do. But, like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, to me, it's much more disrespectful to stop trying. Because then you're saying that your opponent's not even worth your time or your effort. Yeah. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. And, like, it's. I think what was really disappointing to me is, like, not only the fact that he was thrown under the bus by his own manager, but the fact that these are the younger managers and Jace Tingler and Chris Wardward saying this stuff, that these are, like, the younger, newer generation of managers saying this stuff. This isn't, like, you know, the, like, this isn't, like, Bobby Cox or, like, these managers that have been in the game for, like, 50 years saying this stuff. And, you know, we've said this on the podcast before, but... It's not just the the fact that the younger, exciting players are always treated this way. This is always, always racially coded. And in this case, uh-huh. it's no exception. The, the fact that Chris Woodward said, I was raised in the game, those are purposefully chosen words to make it seem like Fernando Tatis just doesn't know how the game of baseball is played. When his dad and was literally a baseball player. Himself? Like... Come on now. Well, really? And also they said maybe his dad shouldn't have hit two grand slams in one inning then. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> like, like, well, you already hit one. Why are you bothering to hit another one, greedy? Like, why are you acting like this guy who was also raised in the game when his dad was literally a professional baseball player? Like, why are you acting like he doesn't know how the game should be played? 
Like, yeah. you are such an asshole. <laughs> I think it was Mark Craig who tweeted, but if he had hit a grounder and didn't run it out, he would be accused of not hustling and playing yeah. the game the right oh, way. Exactly. So oh, he totally would He have. can't win. He can't, can't win. win. Can't win. Especially when you're a Latin player, can't win. Like, this is the way it always is. This is the way it always is. Like, these, like, the young, exciting, expressive players, like, being, you know, tone policed by these, like, curmudgeon white men. It's the worst. I hate it. It's, like, the, this is, like, the worst, like, grossest side of baseball to me is this unwritten rule stuff. Ooh. It's the worst. And it's, like you said, Linda, it's why baseball is not as popular as other sports. Yeah, like, you wonder why. It's not as popular. And also, I have to say, like, because this literally just happened because the coach of the Flyers used to be the coach of the Rangers, and he makes my blood boil. Oh, Oh, don't get me started. But his team was getting blown out in the playoffs. And his opponent put out their top line on the power play because it's the playoffs and they still want to win. So, of course, he got angry at the game. Like, oh, they were already up 5 nothing. Why are you putting your best players out? Like, Play better, then. That's what they were saying. Like, play better. And it's also the playoffs. They can't take chances. They can't just put, like, their, their random guys out and be like, all right, we got this one. Because then, you know, two minutes later, you can have a couple goals scored on you. Like. And also, so the same thing. Like, this is the 60-game season. You can't take chances with the short season. Not at all. Ooh, 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 Yeah, ooh. yeah, yes, you got yes, it. Yes. Yay! <laughs> Here's, what Here's what happened. I heard you you <laughs> make the noise. I heard yes. mother <laughs> upstairs yelling. I'm like, oh, something happened. Did he get hit by a pitch? But no, he hit a home run. I saw I saw the score update on my phone, but I didn't say anything. Okay, <laughs> 107.8 miles per hour. Number yeah! 23 for Dollars for Dingers live on the pod. Also, I'm pretty sure that one of our pledges, if I'm not mistaken, is has extra money for Ahmed Rosario Dingers. So yes. I think it might also, be Dave. Because I have JD Davis, so that's double tonight then. One yeah, for me I and added one that from- into the spreadsheet. Nice. So, so yeah. So we we do have a. I, I forget who it is, but someone definitely for sure pledged more money for Ahmed Rosario Dingers. So that person get has to. It was it. a big boy home run too. Like it yes, was. It really was. No love to that see was, that it. Was, well, I was so going to say any, anything. Anything in Marlins Park is is a big boy home run just because that park yeah. is so deep. Yeah, that park is big. It's cavernous. Well, they did bring in the fences. I think they did said. Today. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I, I think know. they said Dom. Somebody's yesterday wouldn't have been a home run last year. Oh, it okay. might have been Dom. They, yeah, they redid because they took out the sculpture and then they also yes. moved the fences in at the same. time. Yes, and put in that cruise ship thing in in right field. Yeah, I don't know whatever that is. Yeah, they did stuff to the stadium, but. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing that pisses me off the most about all of this, and I I made a tweet to this effect, is like the fact that Fernando Tatis Jr. was made to apologize for something that he shouldn't ever have to apologize for, and he gave a more sincere apology about it than anybody involved with the Astros ever did for actually cheating. Yep. Like, that is the shit that's disrespectful of the game, is 
yes. out now cheating and the Astros basically got punished less in the court of like baseball we'll call it baseball public opinion not general public opinion because I think that if we like but, you know pulled the fans and the general public opinion there would be more ire at the Astros than for at Fernando Tatis or whomever else is the target of the unwritten rules crowd but baseball inside baseball is overwhelmingly unwritten rules people and for some reason plays like what Fernando Tatis did have much more the tar- are much more the target of their ire than actual fucking cheating. <laughs> well, I mean, are you and, kidding and we're me? Seeing that, we're seeing that still this year, even with how uh, the again, this is the vigilante justice coming in a little bit. Except it's not really because the Astros are never punished, but the players are kind of taking it into their own hands, and anything they do against the Astros, they're getting punished for. Like with with the Joe Kelly suspension and who else? I feel like there was something else recently. Oh, Loriano. That's what I'm. Was it Loriano? Yeah, yeah. No, it was Loriano. That entire. Ugh. Well, it was also it's nice so to frustrating. see. It's it's frustrating to see the Astros pretty suffer very few consequences other than I would say that Astros first base coach or was it no hitting coach. Um, the Astros hitting coach getting punished for 20 games. Yeah. There has not been any consequences for their actions, which are despicable. It was nice to see, uh, at least on Twitter, that a lot of players came to Tatis's defense. Yeah. And a lot of them were pitchers. Yeah. So it seems at least the tone within the game itself and the actual players on the field... Yeah, like more and more of, uh, players are yeah. being outspoken on Twitter about this. Like, I yeah, know Amir Garrett said something. I know yes. that, um, oh my God, why am I? Bl- I know Tim Anderson said something. I know Trevor Plough said something. Um, like, a lot of players. Um, like, Jameson Tyone did. Yeah, yeah. Like, basically, like, and, and saying, like, really good stuff. Like, you know, keep eating you. Like, keep shining. Yeah. Like, don't ever apologize. Like, Keep swinging. Oh, who was it that said, don't let them bully you? That was, somebody said that. And I was like, you know, that's that's a, like it is kind of a brotherhood. Like they know how hard it is. Like Don Smith today said hitting is hard. Yeah. It is really hard. And he's really good at it. Yeah. Like he still has to hit the home run when he swings. It's not mm-hmm. like he was, you know, it, like, it's no guarantee that he was going to hit a grand slam when he swings. He's just really mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yep. And yeah, and it's just like, it's so like, it's, it's so indicative, not only of MLB and like the people within it, like their warped idea of what respect is about, but it's just so indicative of like, their total ignorance on how to market their sport and how they see all of this happening and think pace of play is the problem. Like, no, it's the fact that you don't market your stars. In fact, you actively work against doing that by suppressing the by suppressing them, like this way. Oh, Steven Souza Jr. If you get mad at me swinging three zero, you better throw me an automatic ball when it's o two and you're up. I spit on three <laughs> mm-hmm. pitches. It's my choice to swing or not. Don't tell me when I can swing because you can't throw strikes. Yeah, Tatis Jr. Don't word. let anyone bully you like that. Preach. Yeah. That's the point. That, Why aren't you lobbing pitches up there when you're up? If you're a pitcher and you're up ten nothing, why aren't you throwing meatballs? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's just so frustrating. Yeah, like 
like oh like we want our we want to grow the game and make it more popular but all the fun things we're going to actively they're campaign not allowed against. yeah like we hate they're fun. not allowed baseball oh watch God. our sport we hate fun it's like that's never going to work Oh my god, SMY just had the best tweet considering everything we're like. Ahmed flipped the bat. Yes, so, he did. It was a very nice bat. It was like a very, it was a small bat flip, but it was a nice bat it, flip. It's there. And so SNY tweeted him flipping the bat, and SNY put old man baseball Twitter probably fuming right now. Yes! <laughs> we love yes. to see Hashtag it. Hashtag let the kids play. Yes, we love to see it. Yeah, like, the, the absolute audacity of MLB to, like, do those let the kids play commercials and then, like, act oh act God. a fool whenever, like, people actually do that is absurd. And oh, I, I will say... Garrett had a good saying, oh, I need to find it. I will uh, say but... I was pretty disappointed with Luis Rojas because he... He's so... He won't make waves. He, get, he, he, played both he made times. a very, like, bland quote about this instead of, like, he could have had an opportunity to, like, stick up for players like Tatis Jr., but instead he was like, I was raised in the game in the traditional way where those unwritten rules were always respected, but at the same time, I understand both parts, both opinions. So he, like, basically both sides to the thing, which I guess is, like, a very politician-y answer, but it's still kind of like, come on, you can, yeah. like, say what you think. <laughs> Yeah, but he's also got okay, bigger. He's well, got I other things to... to worry about right now, too. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, he had still other oh. things on his mind. Okay, I found Amir Garrett. This is awesome. Listen, if you want to watch the game with unwritten rules, go watch YouTube of baseball in the 80s. This is the new school. Baseball is fun again. Get with it or get lost. Amazing. Amir Garrett is amazing. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these things that they're complaining about now, they did when they were playing the game. And worse. Ugh. Yep. Like, like, like the ta- the takeout slide. That that's one of the ones. That now I'm going off on a tangent here. Was one of the things like I think a lot of players from the '80s are like, oh no, you always go and take out hard when like so many, uh, uh, not so many, a number of videos that I've seen when a player take tries to take out the second baseman, a brawl always started. Like, uh, well, so somebody pointed what? out that. Chris Woodward was the manager of the team that let a ball drop so his pitcher could get a second chance at a strikeout. And mm-hmm. the Red Sox were mad about that. Like, because they were like, oh, you were, you're not playing the game the right way. So he's going to talk. Like, he defended his team. Like, no, we wanted him to reach a milestone. Well, what if Tatis wants to reach a milestone? What if that, like, puts him, like, what if he breaks a record or something? I mean, probably not because it's a weird season. But you don't know. Well, he's, no, but no, no, he, no, that's what they said. He he surpassed Mike Trout uh, this season for the most home runs in MLB. So he did get a record for the season so far. So, so you can pick and choose who gets a yeah. record and who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. It's yes, so incredibly critical. It's so frustrating. It just—it so. seems like there's these these at least two factions in baseball. One of one of whom seem to have a little more of the power and influence right now, and want to keep things quote unquote old school, and and another faction who wants to bring baseball into the future and is thinking about the health and long term care and popularity of the sport itself. And it's clear that those two sides are clashing pretty hard right now and especially in a season like this i think it's going to be pretty apparent as well yep 
Yep. <sighs> yep. On this podcast, we're pro bat flips. We're pro swinging three and zero. We're pro. We're pro for, fun. We're pro fun. We're pro Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> being himself. Yeah, fun and we're is fun. good. Yeah, we like dingers. Yes. I'm typical. I'm typically a fastball over the long ball, but you know what? I like Tatis dingers. Yeah, same Z's. Um, I I will agree with that. I generally, I actually prefer pitchers duels to slugfest, just as like yeah. preference yeah, so as I. far as like style. But that doesn't mean I do not enjoy dingers. I like dingers very much. Um, so much so that you have a fundraiser. Na- we have a fundraiser named after named it. Dingers. <laughs> exactly. So much that we have dollars for dingers, which makes us like dingers even more than usual because every dinger the Mets hit in August is money for local food banks. So if you haven't already, it's not, it's absolutely not too late. Um, on our Twitter, on our pinned tweet, we have the info for how to make a pledge. So if you haven't already, please, please, please make a pledge for Dollars for Dingers. Our official total as of right now, I just calculated it with the um, Ahmed Rosario home run plus bonuses. We are up to $1,131.10 for local food banks, which is amazing. So keep up the great work, you guys. Anybody who donates, uh, who pledges in any amount, um, is entered to win a, um, a, a in, entered in a drawing to win many of our fantastic prizes. Like I said, we got a, a donation of another prize um, just this past week. So we have more prizes lined up for you guys and we'll have a big drawing event, a virtual event for all of you. So please, please, please put your pledges in before the end of the month. Um, that would be awesome. So keep it up, you guys. We're doing such a great job. I'm so proud of everyone. This has been awesome so far. So keep hitting dingers, Mets. We love. Yeah, I was gonna say thank it. you to the Mets for finally hitting dingers. Yeah, I feel like their bats game. warmed up right when we started dollars for dingers, which is really good timing. <laughs> yeah, our total was looking pretty sad for a little while, but they beat it up. So thank you, Mets. Thank you, Mets. Um, so yeah, with that. Um, we will end the podcast like we always do with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about what's making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk-off win for this week? Mine's not baseball-related again. Um, that's two weeks in a row now. Um, I Many, I think, commenters, if you comment in our comment section on Amazing Avenue, you know that I am a librarian. And today I did a program focusing um, on teaching kindergartners about social studies and voting. And they're sending me back their ballots. Um, I had to vote on whether they preferred chocolate or lollipops, but kind of teaching them about civic engagement and voting and seeing them respond really well to that and get the concept is making me very happy. And that's my walk-off win. That's my non-baseball walk-off win. My baseball walk-off win is yet to happen. And that's to see Jacob DeGrom pitch tomorrow. So hopefully fruition. Hopefully it happens. But yeah, getting them involved in the idea of civic engagement really young is really important. So that's great, Kellyanne. Yes. I have I may or may not have been buying quite a few books about voting, like picture books about voting. Um how to be a citizen, all that kind of stuff. Citizen do Dave Eggers. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw out a book recommendation there. I love that book. (laughs) So so I've been I've been trying to do my duty too is to teach the children. Yes. And they get really into it. Yeah. That's great. Kids enjoy having their voice actually heard because it's They do. Fun, so. Yes, they do. Because yeah. so, yeah. so often it's kind of like rushed to the side and not considered. Yep. And so I feel like Yeah. And they have opinions. Yeah. Yes, they do. And they enjoy being listened to, so that's always good. Um yes. 
Linda Servich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, my walk-off win, and I know I've talked about this a lot, but I feel like I'm finally getting settled. Like, I haven't moved yet, but I finally picked out my colors for my co-op. I picked out my carpet. I picked out my floor. So, like, every time I go over there now, like, because I have to, you know, meet with the workers and stuff, and so... Like, it's starting to feel like home. Like, every That's time awesome. I walk in, I'm like, this is my house now. Like, it just kind of blows me away. Like, I just have to write the check and ignore the the money aspect. Like, like but, when they gave me the bill, it's like, oh, man, okay. Um, but Yes, but, it, but it, it's money that you worked, you earned, and now you're paying. Oh, my God. It's going to be your space. It's your space. Okay. So I am I'm finally starting to like get excited about it and like like this is my space. This is my porch. This is my living room. <laughs> like I'm like, wow, it's really mine now. I'm so, so like ridiculously excited for you, Linda. I know. I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm like really excited. I'm, like, but I'm, I'm trying not to get frustrated because like I closed, but then we have the storm, so then everything got backed up. So it's been another hassle of trying to find people to actually come in and do the work. So like it just feels like there's just been one like backup after the other. But it's it's getting there slowly but surely. It's getting there, and so yeah, I I met with a painter yesterday. I met with the carpet guy today, and so hopefully because and then I'm away. I'm on vacation for a week. So I'm going to say hopefully by the first week in September, I'll be, no, I'll be on vacation that week. The second week in September, <laughs> hopefully I'll be, I'll be in and I'm, I'm excited because I'm kind of excited about the colors I picked out and like just discovering things about, I mean, it's empty now, but like, like, oh, these drawers pull out, like how cool and planning like, oh, I could put a lamp there and I got my table um, so it's just little things like that. So decorating we're, we're is the fun envision, part. Envisioning your space the way you want it. Yes. So again, making it your own. So it, I do like going over there. I'm like, oh, this is home. <laughs> so that's why I'll go off one. Maybe I'll like, I'm, I'm going to take before and after pictures. So I am excited when everything's all done to see that. So. We're moving, we're moving, we're moving along, and I'm, 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 I'm at peace with the money. I'm, I'm happy. That's awesome. I'm so excited for you. It's a, it's an investment for yourself. Yeah, at the closing, the sellers were like, just think of it as like a bank account that you can't touch for a few years. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a good way to think about it. That's a way of thinking about it, or, or it's one of the ultimate treat yourselves. I don't know if you've watched Parks and Recreation. I know, I know the gif. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I'm familiar with is the gift. <laughs> you're, you're going to get me into hockey. I'm going to get you into Parks and Rec. Okay. So. All right. You have a deal. <laughs> I'm going to call Verizon soon. So if I have nothing else, at least I'll have Wi-Fi. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that was like that was like the last thing to fall into place at our apartment. It was like, everything's moved in. We don't have the internet. <laughs> oh, no. What do we do? Yeah, but we have it now. Well, that's what, yeah, I, I can't imagine doing that. Like I said, you walk in, you're like, there's literally nothing for me to do here. Yep, yep. It was a time. <laughs> I, I used all my, like, hotspot for my phone for the month during that time. But it was oh, a- no. Um, 
So I feel like I haven't done a baseball walk-off win in a while, so I'm going to do one this week. Um, and we already kind of mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it again just because it's making me absurdly happy, is that, like, Robinson Cano just having a good year makes me really happy. Yes! Um, and that's my walk-off Robbie! win. Is watching Robinson Cano hit, like, majestic, beautiful dingers is, like, such a good, like, baseball experience. And I feel like so Ellison, many... And he's currently up. Can you keep <sighs> talking? Maybe you're, like... Maybe I'll, like, will it into existence. But, um, yes. But, like... I just feel like the Mets have in Robinson Cano and Michael Conforto, two of the sweetest left-handed swings in all of baseball. And just watching that on a daily basis is really nice. And I really enjoy it. And that's like all I have to say about that. I just like really love watching Robinson Cano. Play oh baseball. no, he's 0 for 3 tonight. He's oh Duke. no, on, don't hit Michael Conforto. No, speaking of Michael Conforto, he just got whacked in the back. Ooh, oh no. After getting oh, no. hit on the butt yesterday. <laughs> Poor uh, Got a couple of bruises to deal with but yeah <sighs> i'm just really happy that robinson it. cano is hitting and playing well and it's great and to Allison, see. i loved um, your tweet like the kellenic like yeah like huggers take a seat i think isn't he i think he's Ooh, Robbie! Yeah! <laughs> i think i think cano is like he's closing he won't get it this season but i think he's like 44 home runs away from some record, I'm not sure which one. I read. I was. I was running through the comments this morning on AA really, really quickly. Um, but yeah, so him hitting dingers and getting closer to that record is also very exciting. Whatever record it may be, I can't remember. <laughs> I should go look it up. Let me see. Let me let me, let me go find this right now. Well, he's got to be close to what? Like he's got to have 400. I would think. Yeah, he did on the Mets. He hit 400. Yeah. I thought he did while he was on the Mets, his 400th home run. Yes, I think you're right. Come on, where are you? Uh... He hit his 300th homer in 2017. Ah, breaking the home run record by second baseman. And I guess that's in all of Major League Baseball. Oh. I think maybe um, breaking the home run record by second baseman. It doesn't specify Mets second baseman. I would assume all so of I'm assuming baseball. it's all of baseball. So he's 44 shy of that record. Oh no, he doesn't have 400 home runs yet. What did he Is do he on close? the Mets? He hits. He yeah, reached, I thought he hit something. I thought he reached a milestone while he was on the Mets. I did too. Okay, let's see, wait. Hang on. Let me let me look at see what's going on on the career home runs. Run so was it three hundred? No, he hit three hundred in like twenty seventeen. Because remember, he was suspended for part of like twenty eighteen, so that's why he didn't have that many runs. Yeah, and also I think he's a hall of famer. Yes. Assist. Well, he's let's see. Um, active bases doubles he's oh, had I think he reached um, 2,000 hits on the Mets or something oh. it was a hits thing it, yeah. it was maybe yes. like 2,000 or 2,500 it was 2,500 yeah, because he's 20, at 2,591 right yeah, now yeah it was, was 2,500 yeah. hits is what I think he reached on the Mets yes yeah, yeah. so he's definitely a Hall of Famer PEDs be damned 
I don't know. Yeah, I think the the PEDs might be a problem for his Hall of Fame case. But we'll I don't see. know. Like, yeah, I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah. Indeed, but for the, but for the time being, just watching him be good is my walk off win, and it's great. And I love Robinson Cano. Um, okay. So yeah, I think he has like the nicest smile on the mask. Oh like, yeah, really good it's- smile. Yeah, happy Robbie is happy everybody. <laughs> preach, preach. Um, okay, the bases are loaded and Dom Smith is up. And Linda, I know, is ahead of me, so she probably knows what happens. And I heard I her make a sound. <laughs> Yay! I'm like waiting I'm, I'm, in anticipation I'm sipping it. Of this. I'm sipping it. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so nervous for what's going to happen. <laughs> I feel like I can't like close really the pot out until we know. Until yeah, we know. Like, <laughs> That's going to be the. Oh my God, I, I hope it's spoiler. Really... I don't know. Okay, it's two and zero. I don't know what pitch he hit. What he oh, whatever we're behind happens. us too, I think. Yeah, I'm way behind because I'm I'm watching on NBC Sports right now. Oh yeah, you're definitely behind. <laughs> like way behind. Because <laughs> I think I don't I don't actually know what happened, but I think I I just heard the TV I heard the TV go to commercial. So either he made it yes, out. Yes, that commercial. I will confirm it's that commercial. Either he made okay, it out or they took it. But, like, out. we're way ahead right now. So, oh, God, do not hit into a double play. Uh, oh, <laughs> yay, he walked in a run! Yay! <laughs> 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 so, we'll end the show on a happy <laughs> note while the Mets are still winning. May not, ha- may not actually win in the end, but we'll see. Um, so, on that note, we Fingers will end the crossed. show. Um, but... In the meantime, uh, while you're waiting for the next a pod of their own to hit your feeds next week, you can go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. We have um, game recaps for you guys. We also have analysis pieces about um, various players being off to a good start so far. I know Chris McShane wrote a piece about how the Mets should extend um, Michael Conforto. Obviously, I agree with that. Um, and so, yeah, we have all of your Mets news, all of the various roster transactions, which are a lot these days. Um, we've got it all covered for you guys. Um, you can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can su- subscribe to all of our fantastic podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Search Amazing Avenue Audio. Get all of our fantastic suite of pods. You can follow the show on Twitter at a pod of their own. You can follow me and Linda on Twitter. I am at Petit PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Cervich. And you can find Kellyanne Manning the comments at AmazingAvenue.com. <laughs> until yeah. she until we, the comment section. They're very punny. Until we <laughs> we peer pressure her to reactivate her Twitter, which she will never do. Yeah. Um, I, well, not, at least not until the end of this year, depending on certain events. <laughs> certain events. That is a very certain diplomatic way to put that. Yeah. That is. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get political on this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rate and review the podcast um, on whatever your podcast listening app of choice is. It really helps people find the show. Um, the intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting. Dollars for dingers. See you next week. Bye.